Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Carson, thanks for joining me and being on the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm from California, and I'm 16 years old. Yeah, and uh, you're at Heartlight. I am at Heartlight. Okay, so let's get this out of the way. How did you end up at Heartlight? What was going on that that you ended up, somebody said, hey, we need to send this young man away for a few months or a year and have him come stay someplace else. What was going on? Um, well, I was struggling with depression for quite a few years really? and I've uh, been going to lots of counseling for it. And then yeah. I started getting into drugs and my parents weren't sure what to do. And so well, we all made a group decision of it's probably a good idea to send me to a therapeutic boarding school and Heartlight went out from all the choices. Wow. And so, I mean, did you actually look at all of them with your family? And... Uh, my family chose to look at them alone. So that way they could, <laughs> they made sure and got what they yeah. wanted to. Okay, so when they told you, okay, we're sending you off, what was the first thought that came to your mind? Uh, wow, I hope this works for me. I hope yeah. this, this better be good. Do you think that the depression moved you to a point that you were just looking for something different? I think so. I mean, it's, it's a pri- it, quite honestly, it surprises me that, that you fight with depression because I, I see you and I go, I don't see that at all. I mean, is that... Is that a facade that you put up to kind of protect that? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, when you go to bed at night and you lay your head on the pillow, and you know, from the time that you get in bed and the time you fall asleep, are most of those thoughts negative or positive? Uh, the majority of them are negative. Saying what? Um, I'm a burden. Uh, I don't deserve to be alive. I just, wow. I'm a mess up. Wow. Mm-hmm. And have you figured out where that all comes from? Not quite. Not quite figuring it out. I'm figuring out how to manage it first and tell myself that, Yeah. realize that that's false, not accurate. But ha- have you told yourself that for so long that you just have really gotten to the point where you believe it? I think so. Okay, so if I, if you flunk a class, um, does that tell you you need to get motivated or does it say, see, th- you're just a mess anyway? It says I'm not good enough. So, I wasn't good anyway. So everything through that grid kind of it, it just kind of kind of comes normal for you to pick up the negative part of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, your family, I mean your parents got divorced. Yes. How long ago was that? They actually got divorced before I was born. Really? Mhm. Wow. So they were they were dating throughout high school and then they got pregnant with me and thought it, maybe they should get married but then decided before I was born that they should get divorced. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so when you look at that, 
Do you interpret that as I wasn't worth? Yes, I take that as my fault. Your fault, even mm-hmm. though you weren't born yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Not sure. I think it's uh, a lot of it is just I like to own things for people. I try to. Wow. Okay, so your mom and dad are divorced, and did they remarry? They did not. Uh, they remarried, just not to each other. Oh, okay. Um, my mom got remarried in 2005, I believe. Yeah. And then my dad got married around the same time, and they both had two kids, and that made me kind of jealous, made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Wow. Um, but then my dad got divorced and then remarried again about two years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a... You're an unborn child of divorce and a born child of divorce. I mean, because it happened beforehand. Yes. How has that impacted you? Um, It's impacted me pretty negatively. I mean, I take a lot of blame for it, even though uh, I feel like I probably shouldn't. Was it like I'm not worth you guys being together or? Uh, I'm the reason that you guys split up. I'm the reason that you guys keep moving away from each other. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when you when when you tell yourself that over a period of years, what could be done differently? Like what could what could your mom or dad do differently to to help you get out of that? Um, I think they could help, kind of make me believe that it wasn't me. Like the decision was going to happen mm-hmm. either way, with me in the picture or out of it. So you know. So when you look at your new brothers and sisters, you know, because you have all these half-brothers and half-sisters now. How many of them? I have four and a half, actually. My stepmom is pregnant. Oh, wow. Uh-huh, so wow. four and a half younger brothers. Okay, so when you look at them, is there a jealousy that they're in a normal environment in one sense? And Absolutely. Really? Mm-hmm. It makes me uh, kind of jealous because I feel like they have a place that they belong, kind of a complete family. And you just don't feel like you have that place. Mm-hmm. Wow. When you would hang out with other people at school and stuff, and you see somebody else that's going through a divorce or uh, that is divorced, because half the people mm-hmm. at high school now are uh, their parents are divorced, and so how did you how did you kind of play that one? Uh, well, that one was a little bit different for me because most people who I met that were going through a divorce, yeah. um, their parents were had my parents had already been divorced, so it was a little bit different for me. Yeah, kind of growing up being like, huh. How can I see dad every other weekend? Wow. So that's how it was different for me. Wow. Okay, so so how did that impact you? Rather than depression, how did that impact you? I mean, how did you see that that... If, if you're kind of this nomad, you don't have a place, and and you see other people, how did it impact you other than depression about the way that you engaged with people, the way you had relationships, the... Um, what well, messages did you learn out of it, positive and negative? I yeah, guess. Um, I think I learned that like I kind of get attached to people and try to do everything I can to make people want to stay around me or be friends with me because I think I'm used to people wanting to leave or leaving without a reason. That just shocks me because <laughs> I look at you and, and uh, you know, I would tell, and we're on radio, but I would tell everybody he's a good-looking kid. He's got this long, long blonde hair. He's outgoing. He's a life of the party. He's fun. You know, I'm, I'm just going, that just shocks me. And and I guess part of me goes, did people miss that about you? I mean, that that you're wrestling with depression and I would never know if I, if I didn't know backgrounds here, 
I would never know that that's been an issue for you. Uh, well, I think that's because I guess I try to hide it because I don't want other people to feel bad for me or to be sad because I think I wear other people's emotions. Because you don't want to become a burden to mm-hmm. somebody yeah. else again. Because mm-hmm. you feel like you've been a burden to your mom and dad. Do you feel like that now? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Still today, Tuned it's, it's mm-hmm. something that they have to contend with. And, yes. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I struggle with. Is it, I I was a mistake, I shouldn't have happened kind Mm -hmm. of thing? Yeah, and as I'm alive, I'm continuing to cause problems. And I got to a point where I was just feeling guilty that they would have to, like, buy food for me. Because I felt like my parents didn't want me. Because I wasn't planned. I was an accident. Yeah. So where do you live? What do you consider home? Um, Mom or dad? Dad, currently. Really? Mm -hmm. Because I live majority of the time with him. And with visits to mom. With visits to mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm somewhat amazed. I mean, in in one sense, I go. It just you know, if you were a jerk, that'd be one thing. Or if you were, you know, or they had all those outward signs. I mean, you ever think about did did suicide come up for you? Did did. Um, Running away and going to be somewhere else when nobody knew anything? Did any of those things Yeah, come up? suicide was always, and is something that I still struggle with, it seemed like the best option for me. It seemed like life would be easier for others without me if I wasn't alive. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I think you're given an unbelievable perspective that, that nobody's going to get anywhere else. I mean, and I think there's something about that we can all look at and go, you know, there's things happening around us that, we just don't know. Um, I think my life is better off because I've met you. And and just you sharing some of this stuff makes me want to spend more time with you. And so I don't know whether I'm going to drag you around on the boat, you know, and or go ride horses or do something. But I'm going, dude, you're you're something else. And I go, I, I, I hope you get through this thing because I don't think, I really don't think God makes mistakes in this stuff. I think it's I just don't think he does, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that everything has a purpose. It's just trying to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Carson, thanks for being on the program. Thanks today. for having me. I'm hey, glad I could share. You bet. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Thank you. Dads, you love your teens, and you're doing everything to show them. But sometimes, it still doesn't feel like enough. You're busy and short on time sacrificing a lot as it is, but you still feel like you run out of time for what really matters. A Devotional for Dads is the perfect book to help remind dads of life's biggest priorities and help them show their wives and kids how much they really matter. A Devotional for Dads is full of short, poignant, thought-provoking devotionals that give a biblical perspective of who a dad is supposed to be. It's more than just advice. It's a reminder of just how important Dad's role really is and how much he matters. Get your copy of A Devotional for Dads at ParentingTeenResources.org, either for yourself or as a gift for the dad in your life who loves and cherishes his kids. Well, Taylor, thanks for being a part of the program. (laughs) Hey, tell me, how would you describe yourself? Um... Kind of awkward. <laughs> awkward? But what do you mean? sometimes I just like don't always know what to say. Like I'm just kind of an awkward person. <laughs> well, like don't know what to say in a public setting or yeah. just one-on-one or? A little bit of both. I kind of like like my awkwardness. So I'm very like wow. sparky, like strange, but in a good way. I don't know. 
strange. Yeah. You, why would you use that word? That because I'm just like a funny a funny girl. Like you I'm are. not like you a are. typical little like Dallas girl. I guess I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, no. I mean that that's good. If if other people would describe you, what would they say? Funny, but like I don't try to be like I just kind of do funny things. Wow. Like, and probably really caring. Like I very, I probably like care too much for people sometimes, like where it gets wow. in the way. Yeah. Okay. So if there was something about you that you wanted to be that you're not, how you wish people would see you, or mm-hmm. what would um, you say? Probably like thicker skin. Like I'm very sensitive. Like really? kind of oversensitive at times. It's weird because like I'll be really sensitive about stupid stuff. Yeah. But then things that you would think would get to me, I'm just like, mm, I don't care. So what gets to you the most? Like, if I don't know someone and they're making fun of me, I'm just like, you're not getting to me. Yeah. But if, like, a close friend says something, it really gets to me. Like, okay, and why would a close friend say any—why would they make fun of you? <laughs> I don't know. They're not obviously a good friend if they do. Yeah. Uh, but I think sometimes it's joking. Like, even if a friend is joking, like, I don't take it. Yeah. I kind of pick up. Like, I read too much into it where it kind of yeah. hurts me. You know, it's interesting that sometimes sarcasm is a good way to communicate yeah. with people. Yeah. But the problem is it becomes quickly cutting, mm-hmm. you know, if, if somebody's too sensitive on those things, yeah. you know. So at least you see that. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so did you fight having thin skin? I mean, you would fight the feeling. I know they didn't mean that, but I yeah. still feel it, you know. I try to, like, counter my thoughts, like, oh, I'm thinking, like, they're making fun of me and I get upset. But then I tell myself, like, it's okay, like, I'm taking it too personally. Like, yeah. I just try to, like, counter it, I guess. Yeah. But okay. it works, so. <laughs> well, it works, but you're here at Heartlight. Yeah. I mean, so I, so let me ask that. So how did you get to Heartlight? What was going on that um, things started to get to a point where, you know, mom and dad say, hey, this isn't working. Something's yeah. going on. What was going on? Well, I think, like, I had a lot of, like, like with the just social stress, like, from, like, everyday teenage life. And my parents, I think they understand to an extent of, like, yeah. what's happening but I don't think they truly like connected and I always felt really like neglected in some areas and like kind of I don't know like my, my dad sometimes is a little bit um aggressive like in his tone and that kind of came where I was like sensitive yeah, yeah, yeah. so like I would get upset and I would just be like I can't do this like I'm going to my friend Alexis's house like goodbye yeah. and I just kind of like got to a point where I didn't think I was getting respect from them. So I was like, well, if you're not giving me respect, I don't have to give you respect. Yeah. And I would just like, I would cuss my, my mom is like amazing. Like one of my best friends. And I would get to points where I would like cuss her out. And that's not like, I Did love her. Did that shock you that you were doing yeah, that? Yeah, like I would just have these fits. And then afterwards I just sit in my room and I'd be like, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe like I said that to my mom or like I, I'll be driving to my friend's house and be like, I can't just, I can't believe I just left. Wow. So I was basically just like really... I was out of control to a point where, like, I think my parents were just scared about yeah. where it could have gone. You know, there's this scripture that, that has always stuck with me because I think it, it details kind of who man is. Mm-hmm. It, it says, the very things I want to do, I have the hardest time doing. The things yeah. I don't want to do, I find myself doing. I and agree with that. <laughs> where you kind of go, why did I say that? Why did I do it? It mm-hmm. comes so easy. Mm-hmm. And the things that I want to do, I'm just kind of going... Why is it so exactly. hard to do those things, you know? And so what do you think took over for you? Was it the sensitivity that, that yeah. kind of just pushed you? I think, like, especially with my dad, when he would, like, 
he just wants the best for me. So mm. I think like when he grew up, his dad was very like aggressive with yeah, his tone yeah, yeah. and I'm a different person. Like I don't respond yeah. to that. So I'd basically just shut down. And, like he would say something and I took it extremely wrong than probably what he meant it. Yeah. And I just shut down and get into like basically like a defensive mode where I just like go off on him. You don't understand. Like you judge me like all this different. Wow. Mm. wow. <laughs> well, you know, it's the authoritarian role yeah. that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish it did. I mean, your dad, you know, like me and like we've been raised military. Yeah. And yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Shine <laughs> your boots. Make your bed. Yeah. Do this. You, you, you listen. You, you know, well, when you force that, it doesn't work anymore, Mm-mm. you know, and, and I think I think because the world's a little bit more sensitive or something. Okay, so let me go back. What caused the stress for you at school? I mean, when you would, when you say that I was getting stressed mm-hmm. and I couldn't function and what was causing all the stress? I think I can't pinpoint to like a specific thing, but I think like the two main things are probably like most of my friend. well, my best friend Alexis is a was a great older than me. Yeah. So it was frustrating like, some of my closer friends weren't in any of my classes. Like, I just didn't really have people around me all the time that I wanted to be around. Mm. And just like Cabo High School, like being so crazy and like how many people are in there, like the bathrooms are disgusting. Like I'm like a kind of OCD. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just how like gross school was there. And I just got to the point where I just didn't think I could take it like like I said, I would get sick in the morning just because of like thinking of going and I just missed a lot of school and like certain classes, my grades would suffer like heavily because wow. Wow. I just couldn't focus. You think that, that relationships have a lot to do with that? Yeah, for sure. You think that people have closer relationships now than they did five years ago or relationships that are more distant? In like general? Yeah. Um, I think nowadays like people aren't as close as... They were say like five, ten years ago, because like well, social media yeah. and like texting. Like, I could tell something to my best friend over a text that like I may feel a little uncomfortable telling her face to face or like yeah. bringing stuff yeah. up. Yeah. So that's like a huge barrier in like today's society. You know, in, in somewhere, you know, I mean, I, I sure know this that that of course I've been married for forty one years, yeah. and, I, and Jan and I dated for six years before <laughs> that. You know, and, but when I'm stressed or when I feel anxious. You know, I can go home and talk to Jan, yeah. and Jan can hear it because we're close. We have a relationship. You know, I have other friends that I can talk to. In that, But if I didn't have those relationships, I think it would just build up and build oh, up. Yeah. So relationships really become a, a place, kind of a dumping ground, mm-hmm. if you will. And sometimes I don't, you know, my view of you guys is that you don't have as strong as relationships yeah. as you used to. I would agree totally with that. Wow. Would other girls in your grade say the same thing? Um, I think everyone probably in the back of their head agrees with it. Yeah. But I think a lot of teens, they like take so much pride in like social media and like texting that they never want to admit that because then it's like, it kind of is like a flaw on our part yeah. that we can't yeah. like communicate directly to like even a parent without texting them. Because that is a flaw. Like it's a huge flaw. Yeah. And here at Heartlight, like it's kind of, I'm overcoming that like yeah, yeah. completely. I mean, just you and I sitting here talking. Yeah. I mean, you're a very... <laughs> You engage well. You talk well. You, I mean, I go, guy. I'm just. I mean, I enjoy <laughs> it. it. I mean, I, I could do this for hours. Yeah. You know, but I don't think everybody else is like that. And I, so I, unless I you find somebody like that, mm-hmm. then it's, then you kind of become isolated from everybody else. Yeah. You know. 
Okay, so so mom and dad, let's get back get back to them. Okay. When did they decide to put you at Heartlight? Did, I mean, and how did they tell you, and, and then how oh. did you respond? Oh, gosh. Okay, so, well, I don't really, I think it might have been, like, a last-minute thing for them just because, like, they've told me, like, we're thinking about, like, a boarding school, and I was, I was like, no, you're not. Like, yeah, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. And that was, like, in December, and I came here in February. It was, like... Um, I think one day they're just like, we can't do it anymore. Like she's mm. going to end up like getting upset and driving and like hurt herself yeah, or like yeah. all these different things. And so I don't, I still haven't asked them. I, we have break in like a week. So that's something like yeah. I want to like talk to them about and like come to terms on like what they like truly, you know, We're but feeling and yeah. Stuff. Cause yeah. like I've never had that conversation with them, but yeah. the way they told me was actually upsetting. Cause uh, I was, they didn't tell me until I like, got here really, but in uh. the car, or when they woke me up in the morning at like five, I was like, I know I'm going somewhere. Like no one wakes their kids up at five in the yeah, morning yeah. to take them to McDonald's or something. And I was like, just let me pack a bag. <laughs> they were like, you're not going anywhere. I know I'm going somewhere. Let me pack a bag. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not. And then we got in the car and they were like, you're going to this boarding school. It's like about four months long. I was like, four months? What am I going to do? Yeah. I get here and it's like a year. I was like, crap. Wow. But You think they were just fearful of telling you? Yeah, I, mean, I think they were really scared. Yeah. Because, like, who knows how I would have reacted. I would have thrown a huge fit. Yeah. Which I kind of did. I was very upset. Okay, but, but I mean, I don't, I don't see that here, and I don't hear about that yeah. here. I mean, what's, what's different? Because you are so laid back and easygoing mm-hmm. and very loving. And, I mean, I just, I'm going, so what's <laughs> changed? Is it because we don't have cell phones, we don't text? Or is it because um, there's activity and you can talk to people? And I think it's, like, what I've done in my program. Because, hmm. like, when my first month here, I cried every single day. Like, I was a crying girl. Oh. I cried multiple times a day. I cried for 30 days straight until I wow. reached level two. Wow. But, like, a big part of my program is kind of, like, going with the flow like not having expectations and like being let down yeah so like i just come to terms like i'm at Heartlight. like i have things to work through it's i mean it's not the ideal place to be no but it, like if you honestly do what you're supposed to do and make the best of it then like it's not that bad like yeah i've been here for three months and i'm level three and in old lodge yeah yeah so like i'm just trying to do as much as i can just get past this like struggle in my life yeah so I think that's one of the biggest things. What do you think you'd be if you wouldn't have come to Heartlight? I think I'd still be at home just acting the way I was or being twice as crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just would have been of... like, it would have gotten worse. Like it got worse by the month. Wow. So it would have just kept getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Do you get along better with your parents now? Yeah. I mean, me and my dad, he's gotten like a lot better. Like they see a therapist at home for like their marriage stuff. And Good. theirs is just a lot... I think like their relationship, like mending theirs really helped like mine Yeah. because a yeah. lot of times they would run into conflicts on how to parent me. Right. Cause, like my dad's aggressive. My mom wants to talk to me. Yeah. And then so like the way they communicate, it's just, it's a lot different in my family. Like when I see them over family and parentry, like it's easier to like control myself when my dad's not yelling at me or my mom. So. No, cool. Yeah. Cool. So pretty good so far. <laughs> cool. Well, look, thanks for being a part of the program. So it's good. It's good to just to hear the stories. Of, yeah of how you think and what you see and everything else. But thanks for being a part. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. 
If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.